Okay. Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you're watching us from. And welcome to the 33rd edition of Leadership Talk with Adegoke. Tonight, I have with me Chioma Unegu, Abiazem, Dr. Mrs. She's uh, an expert area of uh, environment, and tonight we'll be talking, uh, sharing on the topic, uh, leadership and climate change. Leadership and climate change. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Trust your day has been well. Beautiful. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you for you just, uh, it's a pleasure. Please, um, can you just uh, share with us um, who is Chioma? Yeah. yeah. My name is Dr. Mrs. Chioma Vivian Onebu Abiazim. Yeah. I am a lover of God. I love God so much. You know, the Bible says um, all things work together for good to with those that uh, love him and who are called according to his um, um, purpose. purpose. Yeah. And so, um, I, I don't have compromise on that. I love God so much. I am a wife married to Fortune Abiazim and um, a mother of three amiable children, a daughter and two girls. Um, I would say I'm a go-getter. I'm a consistent performer. I am... Um, I am very passionate about my dreams and I'm one who aspires to be the best version of myself. And um, I'm a lecturer in the Department of uh, Science Laboratory Technology, Parapolytechnic in Laro. I lecture chemistry with specialty in uh, environmental chemistry and uh, pollution control. Okay. And so what else? I think, um, yeah, I have um, attended a lot of um, conferences locally and internationally. I'm UK, South Africa, and I have publications in reputable um, journals. I will also say that I am an environment icon. I think that's when basically is, who I am. <laughs> when you say environment icon, what does that mean? Can you, in layman's terms, can you just uh, help in us? Terms, somebody who is environmentally friendly always wants to ensure that um, we don't have to lose our environment. Okay. So I'm environmentally friendly. Wow, wow, awesome, awesome. I just want to celebrate you and uh, I want to salute your your person and the area of um, your specialty. It's a very um, it's a very deep area that requires a lot of expertise. And you're speaking tonight um, to quite a number of people all over the world. And I want to say that uh, we're so thankful that you're here tonight. Uh, no doubt tonight is going to be quite interesting because uh, I think during the week there was the uh, virtual leaders uh, summit on, uh, on, on climate change, you know, where we had about 40 leaders. Yeah. Uh, greetings. Uh, one of my John Maxwell uh, coaches is online. Odemi Olaiwole is greeting, is saying hello. And, hello. Um, <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's been a, an interesting week, uh, no doubt. 
globally, water leaders speaking to the issue of climate change. Um, but before we jump into climate change, how did you get into leadership? Tell us, Let's how did work. you get into leadership? Let's work. No, we can hear you. How did you get into leadership? Yeah, I, am, I would um, say that, um, start by saying that um, leadership is an innate characteristic, you know, that very few people possess. And then, as we all know, leaders direct, influence, motivate, and support others in accomplishing um, common tasks. Yeah. I also want to say that um, leadership is a lifestyle. Okay. You know, even in the home front, you know, you are you are a leader as a father, as a mother, as a as a children, you are all leaders. So it's a lifestyle, it's something you do, you know, often. You just you just find yourself, you know, doing that. And for you to be a good leader, you must be one that will lead yourself. Lead yourself first before you can lead others. Sorry. There's a glitch in the uh, in in the uh, yeah. I'm sure she'll come back shortly. She was just talking about leadership, you know. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Yes, Go thank ahead. you. Yeah. So um, you must also add value to people you come across on a daily basis. That's actually what makes you um, a leader. And so for me. I have served under the tutelage of um, a whole lot of wonderful um, leaders that have trained me well, you know, and have been able to train others also. And when it comes to leadership role, I enjoy it more in, um, in the area of research, you know. It, I, it's, I find great joy when I lead in the area of research. Like, um, presently, I'm the um, cluster head of um, a research cluster in my institution, Go Green, Go Weldy. And um, we are the first people who have um, um, submitted a proposal and we have a project, a very beautiful project that will be attracting a grant from the federal government. So it gives me so much joy seeing myself leading in that capacity and them um, having um, great um, success. As, and um, I had another experience, you know, that I will want to share here. And that was during the COVID-19 um, lockdown the management team, led by the rector of the Polytechnic um, Architect, um, Oanuko, PhD, he actually constituted a COVID-19 intervention um, team that fabricated a ventilator and a disinfectant boot. I was okay. one of those members of the team, and I headed the unit that produced the, the disinfectant. And it was quite an interesting and a wonderful experience. This actually has come out to be a success because this um, equipment have been approved by federal government and it has also gone far and wide. So with wow. all the with all these um, activities, it has actually you know helped me in my leadership capability, our capability, and I know the tax ahead is enormous. Wow, we're, we're so we're so we're so happy to to you know get that gist. I mean, privileged information that you've been adding value. And, um, you know, my, my mentor, John C. Maxwell, would say that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing and more. I want to salute you. And, um, you know, for women to be showing up even at a time like this, because there's no doubt that the pandemic has hit a lot of um, families, and yes. most especially women. Because um, 
they've had to cover the home front. But you are still showing up powerfully. And I want to also salute your husband, uh, Fortune, is on the platform tonight, is, is rooting for you. Um, I want you to speak to, um, you know, the area of leadership, leadership and climate change. What are your thoughts? There are a whole lot of relationship between um, leadership and um, climate change. Um, you see, climate change is driven by a lot of policies. And without leadership, these um, um, policies cannot be achieved. And so, okay. and we also know that um, we also know that um, um, the issue of climate change is a, a very serious, um, great, and urgent challenge that the world is facing in this twenty-first um, century. And it is okay. a typical collective action problem that is due to anthropogenic um, um, activities. And so, okay. in order to tackle these um, collective um, action problems associated with climate change leadership is essential wow. and that's why um unep united nation environment environment program has it reported that a world leader on climate change must be strong credible and consistent hmm. and it's, um the united nations on um, united nations environment program united nations on the framework convention on climate um, change they are the bodies that have taken the role of leadership and they have been providing leadership and encouraging partnership in um, um, caring for the environment. But the problem okay. here is, is that um, a lot of world leaders are actually opposing these policies. You know, this Why? policy started a long time ago. In 1949, we had these policies. We have the first one, the United Nations Scientific Conference, that was held in um, new in New York, and that conference was actually to, you know, it was adopted for to conserve the environment. It we had another convention in Stockholm in 1972. We had um, the Vienna Convention in um, 1985, and they were actually to, you know, to save the ozone ozone layer. So there are lots of policies that have come up, lots of policies, and leaders are the ones who have put these policies um, in place. But the problem is that they are not implemented, they are not accepted, and they are not um, being implemented. And that is why we have this issue of climate change becoming a very serious um, problem. So I think that's basically the relationship between... Wow. So are you saying that, you know, the political will is not there, you know, to to, to follow through? Because if, if leaders, I mean... Uh, can you speak on the on this Paris Agreement? Yes. You know, I know, I know that the yes. U.S. put out. Yes. Yes. You know, like I said, we have a lot of policies. We have the Kyoto Protocol. We have the Paris Agreement, the Cancun Agreement. We have the U European Union policies. We have the Montreal Protocols. All these protocols were actually to stabilize the atmospheric greenhouse gases to a level that it will not be harmful to the climate system. That's the essence of this, um, all these um, policies. And so um, um, the Paris Agreement, you know, it was actually to keep global temperature below two degrees Celsius and also okay. to cut carbon emission. And okay. it was adopted in 2015. But you see, after two years of that agreement, Donald Trump withdrew from, um, from the agreement because we had 198 members UN members that signed into that agreement. 
and about okay. one and about one eighty nine, you know, uh, accounts for the fifty five percent of total global emission. So maybe that mm -hmm. was the reason why um, Donald Trump had to withdraw because um, U.S. is one of the major um, contributors of this um, greenhouse gases that you know cause uh, climate um, change. But thank God, Biden has um, rejoined. You know, he rejoined in February 19th this year, and it was actually to reposition U.S. as one of the global um, uh, climate solution. Wow. I, yeah. I want to say that, uh, no doubt, uh, even the virtual leaders, uh, you know, climate uh, change conference, which was held two days ago, yes. three days ago, 40 world leaders were there. Even the yes. president of Nigeria was also there. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, they committed to, you know, uh, reducing emissions i mean for the us by as much as 50 percent in canada 45 cents uh but the uk said by 2035 you know they will reduce yes. emissions by about 78 percent can you speak to that yes yes so the, the uk that? that's why accepted to to you know to reduce the emission of carbon by 78 or 80 percent by 2035 and for them to hit this target, I think um, it requires them using, trying to look into using elect electric vehicles, you know, riding more bicycles, using um, solar renewable energy like solar energy, hydro, and all and all that. So these are just um, um, basically like the Montreal Protocol. The Montreal Protocol is actually to regulate the ozone depleting substances and. They developed countries that agreed to phase it out by 2020, and we are in 2021. And these substances are still being emitted into the atmosphere, while mm. the developing countries have, um, have agreed to, um, to phase them out by 2030. 2030 is just about nine years from now. Are we sure we are getting this off from the environment by that time? So that's the issue we have. The issue is just the fact that um, we have a lot of world leaders who are not really in, um, in agreement with the United Nations. You know, the United Nations, like the UNEP and the UNFCC, have um, done so much, a lot of effort, to see that this climate issue is um, brought into the international attention. But, you know, they are opposing it. But I, it's a good thing that they are not relenting on making sure that um, everyone embraces the issue of climate change. Wow, wow, awesome. I know that the Conference of Parties is uh, taking place, you know, uh, in the UK uh, yes. sometime in November um, of this year. What are your expectations of that conference regarding climate change? Well, my expectation is to influence policy processes as to get adaptation um, policies accepted and implemented. It must be implemented. It must be accepted that's that is one of that is my, my expectation and also to enhance connectivity you know across different um policy making um levels you know from the region level to to this to the to the countries to states and all that that's those are some of my expectations and also to enforce um and for, make it to enforce this issue of climate change. And if possible, there should be penalty. Maybe because there are no penalty, that's why a lot of um, leaders just go scot free having these um, climate change issues. Right? Wow. 
Wow, amazing. If you are just joining us tonight, I've been speaking with um, Dr. Mrs. Chioma Unegu uh, Abiazem. She's an expert in the area of uh, environment, and she's speaking tonight to the topic leadership and climate change. Dropping amazing, amazing nuggets. I want to celebrate you, madam. Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, you know people watching you from all over the world, and um, will be will be celebrating you even much more. But there are a few comments that have has come out uh, tonight. Uh, I just want to say someone is saying, "What's Nigeria doing about climate change?" Can you speak to that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I have to laugh first. You know. Um, okay. I think we are really far behind. We are really far behind. No, the policies there are not. There are a lot of policies, you know, even at the at this level from Nigeria, but they yeah. are not implemented at all. So they are not even even being accepted. Talk more of them implementing them. So <laughs> I th I don't know. For Nigeria, I think we are still very far. I think you should. You, you, we we want to. We want to. I know you are not in the in the in the public sector, but you are the ones that come up with ideas and you know uh, crafting ideas so that government can implement those policies. What would you like to say to them with on this platform? What would you like to say, you know, concerning Nigeria in the area of uh, climate change? Um, I think first and foremost is to sensitize the stakeholders at all levels. Okay. You know, stakeholders should be sensitized. And then um, there should be public awareness. You know, they should create this awareness, you know, in the public, either in the media, social media, television, radio. You know, it can even go with local dialects. You know, let's let them be in local dialects. You know, let people just get aware of this climate change issue. You know, there should be they should build billboards. All over the whole place and create People awareness yes to create awareness and then okay. they could even be dialects and wow. like i said also i um they should also be integrated into the curriculum i think that's another hmm. angle it should be because i'm looking at it from the perspective of the, of the academics in, as an academia so it should be uh, integrated into the curriculum from kindergarten to the tertiary level if that wow. is done with the children will be aware of this. They know that I'm not supposed to, you know, to, to, to dispose this waste indiscriminately. And, you know, they know that I'm not supposed to burn this fossil fuel and all that. So let the children be aware of um, some of these things. So it can even be cartooned, you know. I think the whole issue here is the issue of climate change should be handled even more than it's um, the pandemic, the uh, coronavirus pandemic is being handled. Because wow. Why did they say that? Yes, because for the pandemic, you know, it, can, it only affects the human. But when you talk of climate change, it's going to affect both the human, the plants, the animals, the infrastructures, everything around you. That's what climate change, you know, affects. But when it comes to coronavirus, it's just the human. So I saw the way it, the, the pandemic was handled. So if the climate change issues can be handled even more than um, the pandemic was handled, I think we will combat or mitigate issue of climate change. Okay. Um, I think, thank you so much. Uh, someone is asking, says, what can you do to educate children about climate change and its impact in the future? I know you've spoken about that, you know, but can you speak to that again for clarity? Yeah, I, I, like, I, like I said, it should be cartooned and then 
there should be a climate change club. You know, something like you have the Rotary, the Rotary Club where you have interacts at the high school level, you have the Rotaract at the tertiary level, and then the Rotary as a, as a larger body and all that. So there should be a climate change club where children will just um, be aware, you know, create awareness. Children will know about this. So even as they are growing, they know that, um, you know, there are certain things that should not be done to save the environment. I think that's basically what should be done. And then the issue of deforestation, you know, that has really caused a lot of problem in climate change. And people are taking it, you know, very lightly. You, I, I, if you cut down a tree, okay, if you cut down a tree, you are cutting off your survival chance. That's, that's the language. Mm. Cut down a tree, mm. you are cutting off your survival chance. So I, I want I, to also... I, Encourage that um, you know the government should engage um, on um, afforestation programs to create forest and then to also um, increase um, carbon capture. So they should um, when you when you cut one tree, two trees should be planted. I think that's just it because you plant a tree, you plant a healthy life. That's just the language because the trees actually take up most of this um, carbon. Um, dioxide, and it is, it is one of the most um, difficult and important um, greenhouse gas that is causing climate change. And the fact is because it's um, the radiant light finds it very difficult to pass through the greenhouse to pass through the carbon dioxide because they 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 don't absorb they absorb heat very quickly. So radiant okay. light finds it very difficult to pass through them. So they absorb heat very quickly. So they see the, the carbon dioxide have heavier molecules than other gases. So I will know that when you plant trees through the process of photosynthesis, it takes up carbon dioxide and water and gives out oxygen. So wow. when you have that happening, you are having more of oxygen in the atmosphere and less wow. of carbon dioxide. So that is why we have the essence of the planting of trees is quite um, important. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. I just want to say that, uh, you know, um, you know, you're sharing so much depth tonight. I want to salute you. I want to just celebrate you. Now, Thank for those you. who are on the platform, you know, I just want to speak, you know, concerning what you just said about the impact of climate change on the environment, on uh, afforestation. You know, uh, when you look at the, the, the farmers and headsmen's crisis, you know, up north, in Nigeria, you know, um, there's a challenge with um, afforest, uh, afforestation, you know, yeah. and you're finding that a lot of these men are coming down south, you know, uh, they, you know, for the cattle, for the cows to, to eat, you know, and so on and so forth. Can you speak to that, the challenge, you know, the impact of that, you know, uh, is, it, is it deforestation or afforestation? Uh, on, on even security, the security yes. of the nation. The challenge there is the fact that um, these animals or the cows or whatever, you know, come up to take up most of these plants, you know, leaving the leaving the the bare soil open, okay. And like I said, if if we reduce vegetation, that means we are increasing carbon. If we reduce it, we're increasing carbon. And then yeah. secondly, the, um, these, these animals drop their waste, like the cow dogs or whatever. 
And when they drop this cow dung, you know, when they, 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 they drop their waste, you know, on the streets or something like that, they, this waste emits methane. And methane is a greenhouse gas. I'm just trying to give some of the challenges, you know. Okay. They, they, they drop this waste and this, um, when they decompose, they, they emit uh, methane. And methane is a greenhouse gas that still goes into the atmosphere and trap um, um, and trap um, heat, okay? Instead okay. of using this waste and then converting them into biogas. Because, you know, you, you know in um, some developed world, they actually channel their waste, you know, the, the human waste, maybe their soccer waste or something. They channel them to, to their kitchen, to their cylinder. Because okay. when... That when this waste undergo anaerobic conditions, you know, anaerobic conditions, they emit methane, which is our pure gas for cooking. Wow. So, but you see, these herdsmen are down dropping this waste all over, and then they are also increasing methane into the atmosphere. They are using up those um, those um, plants that should have been taking off carbon um, dioxide. So, at the end of it all, they are still creating more um, problem to the to the climate. No, I'm just talking, I'm even talking about, you know, well-spoken. I'm, I'm even talking about, you know, um, you know, cutting down our trees and even the challenges of, um, you know, you know, the atmosphere, the, the vegetation drying up, you know, having to do more of irrigation now, irrigation farming. Can you speak to yes. that, the impact of that, even on food security? Yes. Um, um, for the for those for the you are talking about the Fulani headsmen, isn't it? Now I think I, if I if I understand your questions properly. Yes, I mean obviously, I mean that's in one part. They're looking for what to eat for their for their cows, and they're coming down yeah. south because you know you are having deforestation, cutting down on trees, and even uh, the drying up of the you know of the atmosphere. The land is not as uh, fertile as it ought to be. Can you speak on that? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Yes. Um. Um, um, okay, I think um, for those herdsmen, there's a lot of um, uh, food security issue there, a lot of food security issue because um, um, the animals are not taking up most of the these vegetations that would have been taken up by by the by by the human beings. Okay, and then you begin to lack food. If that's if if I understand your question, I think that question. Yeah, well, what I was saying was that, you know, the reason why there's a lot of movement down south, cattle, cows, oh. you know, is because, you know, the land there is almost desert, it's you know. Dry. Okay. Yeah, it's dry. Yeah. Oh, the land here is dry. Exactly. So if the land here is dry, no vegetation. So that means, that, 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 that means um, they have issues with um, um, irrigation. Yeah. You know. Taking care of their their the, the farmlands there, and you have exposure of um, the the soil, and that will affect their plants because there are no trees around. So the because yeah. the, the trees actually cover the trees actually cover you know the 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 soil you know from getting heated up, and when this happens, your plants cannot grow well. So that's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. Somebody is asking a question. It says, "Do you think proper uh, pro uh, poverty has played a role in the issue of climate change?" 
poverty? Poverty, yes. Poverty has played lots of roles in the issue of uh, climate change. Okay, okay. In what way? In what way? I mean, even when you talk about climate change, when you talk about to the average man on the street, you know, I mean, as long as they can, uh, you know, have food on the table, they're not really too keen about climate change. I mean, for them, you know, disposing waste for them can, they can dispose waste in any manner they, they, they you know, they so, they, they so desire. They don't understand the technicalities of what you are speaking. You know, what would you say to the average man on the streets? I know you shared in person earlier. Yes, I think there's a, a network challenge. Yeah. I was saying that, what would you say to the average man on the street? Well, for those who have been joining us tonight, I've been speaking with um, my sister and my friend, uh, Chioma Abiazem, and we're talking about the issue of uh, climate change and leadership. And um, there's been so much that nugget that she's had it tonight. She was talking about the issue of, uh, you know, uh, afforestation and deforestation. And um, we've also looked at the area of uh, food security and also in, in the area of um, the leaders, the leaders uh, virtual summit that was held, you know, by President Biden recently. Um, yes. So I want to ask, uh, you're welcome. I want to ask, um, somebody is asking here, he says, what is the environmental solution to the farmers and herdsmen conflict? I, me I, I, mentioned, I mentioned it here. Environmental problem to it, to it is the fact that um, the, the waste they draw, okay, can also lead to um, pollution in water. The waste they drop will always emit methane because when they undergo anaerobic condition, um, they emit methane. And the fact that um, the plants, the animals take up most of the vegetations, okay, that would have taken up um, carbon dioxide, these um, animals take them up. So these are the environmental issues that um, are being caused by this assessment with their, with, um, their cattle, yeah. I know you are not uh, you're, you're not in government, so you can't speak on, on, on you know on, on implementation or enforcement or policy uh, formulation. You know, but I, I guess what the the gentleman is saying that how can it be resolved? You know, uh, to stop. I know there's um, the yes, the, it should be the way yes. it should be stopped. There should be branching. That's what we've been um, advocating ranching. for. Yeah. You know, yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, well, there should I be mean, branching. Let them have these um, animals. In, a, in an enclosed um, environment, so with that, it is easier to with that it is easier to control or regulate um, these environmental uh, problems that are caused by these um, animals. Because I know too well that if there are if there is ranching, there's a particular place these animals are kept. You know, we can get this their waste and then convert this way because there's a project I'm actually on now. We are okay. using waste, animal waste, you know, and converting them into biogas, and then we're using okay. them to cook, using them to 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 cook, you know, um, basically using them to cook. So if there are places animals are, we can collect this waste and then convert them into um, biogas, and then use them to cook. So those are some of the ways we can also stop um, the, 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 the the destruction or the 
effects of climate change. Wow, wow. You, you've spoken so well tonight. You know, you talked about the role of leaders in, 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 you know, in the area of climate change. I know the, uh, the world leaders have uh, committed to uh, reducing the level of uh, emissions. Uh, the U.S. has said they're going to reduce by 50 to 52 percent. Canada has said they'll reduce uh, emissions by about um, uh, 45 percent. Uh, but Africa, I've not really gotten data from Africa. Can you speak as the African leaders, have they committed to any, you know, level of, uh, you know, in terms of percentages? Yeah, like um, I have not seen any African leader who has made any commitments on how to call down carbon emission. No one wow. has done that. Wow. Yes. Wow. And wow. we have the fact that, um, like for the CACUM um, agreement, the CACUM agreement in Mexico was actually to, to support financially the developing countries, you know, okay. on how to um, adopt or adapt um, climate change and how to cut down the um, carbon emission, okay? And um, the developed countries have mobilized about 100 billion US dollars in the climate funding to support the developing countries. But even for the developing countries, especially for Africa, I've never, I've not seen any Af um, African leader on climate change who have made any kind of declaration on how to cut down this emission. Wow, wow, wow! I know that China is also, you know, I mean, they have, uh, you know, also made some commitments uh, in the area of. Yes, uh, China has made some commitments. They have um, agreed to cut down the carbon emission by 2035. China too is looking at 2035 to cut down the carbon emission. So um, Colombia is one that said in, by 2030, they'll be free from fossil fuel and um, 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 release of fossil fuel. Colombia, we have um, different countries that have made a lot of commitment, but for Africa, I've not seen anyone. And wow. that is why wow. it's a serious problem if we don't handle them, handle the issue of climate change very, very seriously now. I know some policymakers will be listening, you know, to us even as we're speaking right now, because this uh, this program has been, you know, people are listening from all over the world, and I want to salute you and celebrate you for for your sharing your thoughts. Um, I think someone else also, um, you know, shared tonight about uh, the area of. You know, somebody has spoken about the solution, you know, to the conflict. Uh, somebody asked that, what is Nigeria doing regarding climate change? Now, I want us to address, you know, this, because it's also very important, um, the area of climate change. You know, for example, um, you know, the area of uh, food security uh, and also the area of... Um, electric cars, you know, technology, you know, because a lot of, you know, the revenue from, for example, Nigeria is from oil. Yeah. And once, uh, you know, there's a reduction in emissions by, you know, the countries like the US, UK, you know, obviously they are shifting to electric cars. What's going to be the impact of that on our own economy? Nigeria economy now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, in, you know, we export oil. That is what we depend on. 
You know, what's yes. going to be the impact if there is going to be a reduction in emissions by most of these countries in the next 10 years? Or, you know, some of them have started already, you know, using electric cars. What's going to happen, you know, to our own economy? What's likely to happen to the Afri African economy? It will be, there'll be, a, there'll be a, a, a problem because we we are all depending on um, on oil. We are all depending on um, fossil fuel. So saying you want to bring in electric cars and all that, you know, knowing Nigeria, <laughs> Nigerians would, they, they, you know that they would, they have seen the right thing to do, but they don't want to shift, you know, base. They don't want to shift base. But I think if the um, the government of Nigeria can take this seriously to see that we make use of these electric vehicles, ride more on bicycles and all that, I think it will be a better way of them um, having a clean environment. But in the, on the Nigeria economy, um, it, it will affect the Nigeria economy because we depend more on on um, oil, it depends more on possible. So it will affect it, but even as affecting it, we should also look at the fact that we are trying to get a clean climate system. Wow. So you should. What you are saying, if I can, you know, clarify, is that we need to begin to plan ahead because yes. if there's going to be a reduction, you know, in emissions, obviously uh, those countries are not going to be producing uh, cars that use petrol. You know. Yes. And most of the cars that we're buying, we don't produce most of these cars. We we buy them from, you know, uh, you know, developed countries. Yes. And um, even our oil, they would not need the oil as much as. So it, it's going to affect. It's going to affect the economy actually, like I said. But then we need to think of the climate change so that we can have a green climate system. Wow! 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 You have spoken so well tonight. I've been speaking with Chioma Unebu Abiezem, Dr. Mrs. I've been talking about the issue of climate change and, you know, she's explained it in layman's terms as much as she can, telling us the implications of, uh, you know, nations not adhering to all to, to the Paris Agreement, the protocols, and thank God for the leadership, the new leadership in the U.S. They've yeah. taken the issue of climate change you know, uh, uh, seriously, and, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. Now, as we begin to round up, I want you to speak, uh, you know, uh, the consequences. You have highlighted the consequences of not um, adhering to uh, climate change. I want you now to speak to, from your own being, an acad you know, in the academia, um, you talked about curriculum, even in schools and so on and so forth. What are three things that you think that government should do right now if you are given the opportunity to speak? Because right now people are listening all over the world. What are the three things you recommend very quickly? Yeah, um, I think I mentioned it uh, when I spoke earlier. I said yeah. the first one. Okay, let me look at it this way. There must be a defined vision first. Okay. And in this defined vision, there must be a mission statement. And in this mission statement, there must be mapped out goals that has to follow a stepwise um, approach. Now, the first approach, like I mentioned earlier, I said the government, the stakeholders must be sensitized. The second approach is the fact that it has to be publicly um, create awareness of um, climate change. And I also mentioned um, 
being integrated, integrating into uh, the curriculum, to integrate into the curriculum from um, from kindergarten to the to the tertiary level. I think that's that's one. And then I also mentioned the fact that um, the government should engage in afforestation program. It's a very okay. key. Um, is a very key one, you know, they should, you know, engage in a procession program and this will enable to create forests and also increase the capturing of carbon. And the fact also that um, there should be enforcement, you know, there should be enforcement of climate change. And if possible, there should be penalty because if there are no, if there are no penalty, people will just go scot-free. The forces will just go that way without being punished. Because if there were penalties, I think yeah. um, the, the Donald Trump would have actually withdrew from that same agreement. So there should be penalties. So these are just ways, you know, government can bring this um, climate change issues to... Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, for, for us, I mean, quite a number of us, before this time, you know, uh, this session, I mean, I was aware of the... Uh, you know, the consequences of not, not following through with climate change, but you've broken it down for us. You made it very easy. Uh, quite a number of people have uh, appreciated you tonight and a yeah. lot of questions have come up. You want to say yeah. something? Yes, I want to say something about the consequences. You know, it's, it's, it's very important. I speak very much more on the consequences. Now, yeah. the consequences are sequentially enormous. Hmm. Like I said, they are going to be they're going to be a boomerang on health. They're going to be a boomerang on the economy. They're going to be a boomerang on plants, on the animals. You know, there'll be um, um, unusual weather events. There'll be unusual rainfall and all that. These are the consequences of, um, of um, this climate change. And when you look at the health aspect, and that's why we need to talk about it. When you talk about how health aspect, aspect the UV rays that actually comes down or that uh, falls on the um, surface of the earth, including global, including the temperature of the earth, you know, affects the skin. And that's what mm. causes um, skin cancer that we call carcinoma disease. So wow. it's also causing cataracts when you have yeah, you know, global, yeah. global it's warming. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it causes cataracts. It causes um, birth defects because of the pollutants that you have that are released, you know, like I mentioned the hydrofluoro carbons, they are, they are um, chemicals that are used as coolants in ACs and refrigerators. Some of these pollutants, we inhale them, even from our various homes, we inhale them. So they lead to birth mm. defect, they lead to production problem, and also to respiratory um, problem. And when you talk about the economy, I like mean. I said, if there is warming, increase of temperature in the air surface, there will be melting of the permafrost. And when the permafrost melts, mm. you have increase in the sea level. And when the sea level is um, there's an overflow, okay, you're going to have flooding and flooding erosion. So if they're going to be mm. flooding, it will affect farmers. So farmers will lose money. The government will also lose money, okay, because there'll be erosion, people will be displaced, and the government will have to, like, reaccommodate these people, and then the roads will be damaged. The government will have to, like, uh, put this road in order again and order. So money that would have been used for something else would have been used for this. So these are the problems associated or consequences associated with um, with um, climate change. And that's why I said it needs to be handled like the pandemic. Wow. 
I, I know recently, I mean, there was flooding in, in Texas. That's in the United States of America. I mean, global warming issues, uh, you know, uh, earthquakes. We're having so many challenges, you know, with the, you know, uh, in the environment. So I, I, I think that the urgency, it's a crisis, like you said. It's a, yes. it's a crisis. And it should be handled with urgency. And I know yeah. that even for those who are listening, you know, all over the world to us tonight, there might be some people that are in positions of authority and being, you, you've been an expert in that area of the environment. You are seeking and creating an awareness and, you know, uh, letting us know that not acting on time, there are consequences uh, even for, not just for this generation, for, for the next generation, you know. Um, so I just want to uh, appreciate you tonight. Just two more questions before we round up. I want you to say in the in the chat, thank you to uh, Dr. Chioma Abiazem. Just say thank you to her, you know, because she's shown up tonight. She's a she's a she's an extremely uh, powerful lady, you know, and also very humble as well. We want to salute you because I don't joke with those with the, in the academia, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm sure some of your students will be listening. You know, to this uh, to this chat, <laughs> you know, we appreciate you. Uh, the next question is: Do you think there should be a climate hub where waste is brought for conservation, so, so for conversion uh, to bioenergy? Yes, um, like um, most of my research has to do with um, waste wealth. Okay. Know, converting waste to wealth. Um, I think that is just the best way we can solve the issue of climate change. Wow. If we, if we can reduce, reuse, and recycle our waste, I think this will um, also help in um, giving us a green climate um, system. I have done a research work on um, um, using um, sugarcane peels and cassava peels. I prepared them into nanocrystals and I use them in um, treating wastewater. So you can see, I was wow. I removed waste from the environment, and I use the same waste I removed from the environment to also treat or remove waste from water. Wow! So I, wow! That is that has just Amazing. been my, my area. Yes, and presently we are also working on a project that um, we are fabricating a um, a water-based generator. Wow. We are fabricating a water-based generator. Water-based? Yes, water-based generator. For those wow. of us here... Is that on sale now? It's not on sale. We are still on the project. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want to bring in anything um, fossil fuel. We don't want to bring in anything fossil fuel at all closed. So we're going to use water-based, which is a complete zero tolerance to, um, to, air pol to pollutants. Complete zero tolerance. So wow. we're using water-based um, generator, and we are getting our, um, our materials, our materials from scraps. So we're wow. going to take scraps from maybe the mechanic village site. Anywhere we see scraps, we just use them and then construct the generator, and then we use water-based to run the generator. Wow! What generator running on water? That's yes. that's fast. Wow! Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to salute you. That's creativity, innovation, you know. Yes. So even in the midst of all the crises, opportunities are available, you know, to yes. be explored. 
you know, exactly. like for small business owners, you know. I know some use a lot of, um, some people go to the, uh, to the waters and take a lot of um, things that have been disposed and turn it into um, bangles, they turn it into, um, you know, clothing material and so on and so forth, you know. And so, so you're talking about where, Western world. That's where the three hours of environmental um, pollution comes in. We call them the reduce, reuse, and recycle. So wow. most of our waste being disposed, they should be reused. They should be reduce, reuse, and recycle. Wow, 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 wow! Amazing, amazing. Now you you've added so much value tonight. I know your husband is listening. Is uh, a good friend of mine, Fortune. You know, I I love him so much. I respect him. And I love your family. You know, I mean, you guys are—you have a, a very warm family, a very remarkable uh, family. I want you to speak. Who are your mentors? Because you have so much knowledge and so much depth. See, I would say I have I have mentors. I have a mentor. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a mentor. And wow. he's a great one. <laughs> wow. My mentor is Professor Oladele Osibanjo. Oh, my uncle. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's yes. yes, I think I think my husband has told me this before. He said wow. he, he's a small one. Yeah. <laughs> he's an expert on the because you we are sound you are almost sounding like him, you know. Okay. I, <laughs> That's why I said I ha, I don't have mentors, I have a mentor. Yes, wow. Professor Adele Osibanjo is my mentor. He's a professor in um, analytical and environmental chemistry. Wow. And um, he, he, he was instrumental to establishing the environmental and um, environmental chemistry and pollution control unit, chemistry department, University of Ibado. Wow. He was such a great man, you know. Um, and we, luckily, we were the pioneer sets of that, of that unit, you know, the wow. environmental. So we're the first set of people who taught environmental chemistry. So he gave his best, you know, in that set. Um, Professor Shiban John made us to see, made us to see ourselves as environment icon. And that's why when I come across people, I tell them I am an environment icon. Wow. You know? wow. <laughs> so he's um he was such a great um, um no, mentor. No, not once. He's still alive. He's still, he's still alive. He was oh, seventy-five. No, was he's a he's he a great mentor. He's still alive. Yes. <laughs> sorry, he's a great yeah. um, mentor. A wonderful person. And um, Professor Shibanjo, I will not forget um, when he was taking us um, a particular area, um, environmental toxicology. He was wow. talking about persistent organic pollutants. Um, the, we have a lot of them. Our drill, our drain. Um, polychlorinated hydrocarbons and all that, furans and dioxins. And he said to us, he said, how many of you eat suya here? And everybody just raised up their hands with eat suya. I said, fine. Now, what you use in preparing those suya, which is um, the fire, the firewood you use in preparing those suya, you know, when they burn, they give out dioxins and furans that are persistent organic pollutants. And this pollutant deposits, you know, on the suya. And then when you eat, that means you're taking a lot of these dioxins and furans. And Unfortunately, these um, persistent pollutants are, um, are they are bioaccumulative and they are persistent. And then you just wow. said, so people will still want to eat suya. And everybody said no. And I tell you, that actually made me for a very long time. I, I, you know, dread taking suya because I just see it that 
if I take Suya, I am taking Dauzin and Furan. And I'll always remember Professor Sibanjo that. What's the side effect of that? What's the side effect of this Dauzin and Furan? What's the side effect? They are carcinogenic. Wow. So their characteristics is the fact that they are persistent in the environment. They are, they are bioaccumulative. They, they are biomagnified, you know, and they are very toxic. So, and the side effect is that they are carcinogenic. So when you take them at a very high um, concentration, it's, um, it leads to cancer. Wow. 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 And some people will be praying and saying, you know, cancer, you know, maybe it's a spiritual challenge, you know. Not not that it's not a spiritual challenge. I tell my students all the time, if you look at a very long time ago, you know, a long, long time ago, you find out that you, people don't suffer from cancer and all that. But it's so, it's so very, very rampant now. You find people who suffer from um, cancer. And that has to do with the environment. The things, the things you take in orally, the things you inhale, and um, the things you touch. We call them the dermal, the dermal roots, the oral roots, and the inhaling roots. So it's either wow. you eat them, it's either you touch them, or either you inhale them. Wow. 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 Honestly, you know, this has been... I didn't know that this uh, session could be so powerful. I mean, I was thinking, and even for some of uh, the, the listeners, they, probably they were just thinking it was going to be very technical and not knowing that, you know, it's just something that we can, you know, touch. You know, climate change is actually life. It's, it's not something abstract, you know. Um, we want to just celebrate you, honestly. Um I know that there will be a lot of people that will be watching the replay. Somebody said, uh, this is superb, you know, Omoni Abiodu, you know, said it's superb. Uh, Olai Wole uh, from Joss, you know, my good friend is saying, thank you, Doc. Um, you know, quite a number of people have shown up tonight from all over the world, and people will be listening also in the replay. Thank uh, you. Dr. Chioma, uh, we know that you have spent so much, you know, time in trying to break this down we can't repay you financially but god will bless you beyond measure and I, we have I, I, I don't mind still continuing the discussion <laughs> <laughs> i know because this is this is what you are passionate about you know i mean this yeah. is I mean, so passionate yeah. about the environment so so passionate about the environment so i um before we end this expose if you have do you have another question for me no, I just, I mean, you're just going to round up and just uh, parting short and just encourage us, yeah, before before you... Um, yeah. So before I end this expose, I want to um, say that I would like to contribute my quota to seeing that we save the, the environment is saved. And then okay. um, I will do that by starting from my immediate environment, which is um, Ogun State, where I reside. Imo State, where I come from, I know you are going to look at that aspect because Imo State is under siege right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's going to come to pass, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. um, Nigeria at large, you know, hoping that the government will, um, you know, um, consider professionals, you know, professionals, consider professionals yeah. as yeah. Yeah. in contractual capacities so that to ensure that um, the issues of them. Um, environment equates with the international standard yeah i'd just like to before you you round up you know my my, my uncle professor oladili oshibanjo was instrumental to the uh, 
to uh, you know to the putting up together of the Federal Environmental Protection Agency. Yes, it was run by Dr. Aino, the late Dr. Aino. You know, yes. and uh, you know they did a lot of uh, work there. You know, and so even the Basel Convention. You know, uh, even in University uh, University of Ibadan. You know, yeah, and even globally, you know, is uh, is well regarded as uh, well regarded yeah. and yeah. yes, yes, United Nations, UNEP, and also my younger brother works with UNEP. You know, uh, he's oh, been with UNEP for almost two decades. You know, he did a master's in uh, environmental engineering in the uh, University of Nottingham. So oh, he works with you, yeah. So he's been in UNEP. So I'm not an environmentalist, but I'm also, you know. <laughs> One of my friends that spoke last week on um, leadership and talent management, Dr. Yiho um, Udoi. Yes, yeah, he also has a PhD in environmental engineering, University of Nottingham. You know, so um, I know environment is key. It's not something that we should take lightly. And I just want to salute you and celebrate you tonight. Uh, just one on a parting show, on a parting note, just in 20 seconds what would you like to say as you as we close um i think um before we close i would um want to drop some catchy climate change slogans here so that even our audience you know will um, lend their voices to ensure that we have a clean a clean um, climate system i want yeah. to say again stand up for climate change Let's join hands together to stop the climate chaos. Save the nature, save the future. Treat your planet like you want to treat yourself. Think climate change, think green environment. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. On this note, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight on this session of Leadership Talk with Adegoke. Uh, we'll be looking at leadership and climate change the 33rd edition of this session so until same time next week by his grace i wish you a wonderful sunday evening thank you thank you for joining us